we are so excited to announce our 2021 Doxology and Theology Conference. For details about the conference, head over to our website, the newly designed biblicalworship.com. Doxology and Theology Podcast, presented by the Institute for Biblical Worship at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's right, I said the Doxology and Theology Podcast, a podcast for worship leaders who know that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. I'm your host, Matthew Westerholm, Associate Professor of Church Music and Worship at Southern Seminary and the Executive Director of the Institute for Biblical Worship. On today's episode, we are dipping into our worship resources to bring you a clip by Trip Lee. Trip Lee is a best-selling author, teacher, award-winning hip-hop artist, and a pastor at Concord Church in Dallas, Texas. In this clip, taken from the 2016 Doxology and Theology National Conference, Pastor Trip is preaching on Philippians 3 and takes a moment to consider bragging. You know, people love to brag. People love to talk about stuff they do just for no reason. They just want you to know how great they are. You know who's the best braggers, world-class braggers? Rappers. Not me, but other rappers. <laughs> rappers are really good at this. I, I, I have an example from a song that was popular a few years ago. Uh, this is what the rapper says. Um, he says, got everything, I got everything. I cannot complain, I cannot, I don't even know how much I really made. I forgot, it's a lot. Never mind what I got. I would put the lyrics on the screen, but I'd have to bleep it, so I'll just read it. He says, don't watch, don't watch that because I came up, that's all me. Stay true, that's all me. No help, that's all me. All me for real. Came up, that's all me. Stay true, that's all me. No help, that's all me. Wonder who it was. All me, for real. Yeah, this brother, he feels good about himself. <laughs> he's very confident that everything he has so much, he's made so much he can't even remember. He, everything he has was all because of him. And this is a very clear example of, of bragging. I have all this stuff and I did it all by myself. Somebody may say, now Trip, what's wrong with that? He's just stating facts. He does have a lot of money and maybe he has a bad memory actually. He doesn't remember how much he has. And what I'm going to say is, uh, in, in, in this passage in Philippians 3, Paul in a very different way is going to run through a, thing, a list of things, even things that his listeners would value and, and things that his listeners would envy. And he's going to talk about it in a very different way than what we just read. Back to Philippians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 4. He says, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. He says, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Paul says he has no confidence in the flesh, but he's showing that, look, if anybody has reason for confidence in the flesh, it's me. And so this is to tell us that this isn't like the dude who's never won anything and is like, winning's not everything. Right? You don't trust that dude like, you don't know. 
You don't even know what winning feels like. You lose so often. This is not that. This isn't Little League when your team was terrible and the coach was like, just have fun, that's all that matters, and it was because y'all never won. This is Paul saying, I had everything that people want, especially there was a spiritual value. Listen to my pedigree. Listen to these things that I'm listening off. Listen to who I am and what I've done. He said, I have reason for confidence in the flesh, and yet I don't have any. I don't put my confidence there, and he's going to tell us why. Though this is a rebuke to a lot of us who have impressive spiritual resumes and wear that as a badge of some kind of importance. Paul is saying, look, I have it, but, but I, I don't see it like that. Uh, verse 7, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. So you see, you see what he's doing. This is the opposite of the rapper who is saying, look at all this stuff and feel bad about yourself because I'm better than you. Paul is saying, look at all of this stuff. I'm not trying to make you envy me. I'm trying to help you to see the true emptiness of these things that they don't accomplish the thing that we need most. He wants to help us to think about what we should do with who we are and what we've done moving forward. And the answer to that is count it as loss. Count it as loss. Don't glory in it. Don't brag about it. Count it as loss. Right? And what does it mean to consider what used to be gain as loss for the sake of Christ? And, and basically what that means is it's not like he can erase this stuff from his past, but here's what he does. He doesn't just add faith in Christ to that list as the equation. He erases that list and understands that doesn't get me anywhere, and what Jesus has is what matters most. Here's an example. When a man gets married, let me tell you what he doesn't do. If he already had a bunch of girlfriends, he's not like, I got all these girlfriends, and I'm trying to get married in addition to that. He was like, girl, if you're trying to marry me, just know I got these five girlfriends. I want to stick with them too, but you're going to be my wife. That, that doesn't make sense, right? That young man should be slapped. Part of the definition, slapped with the word of God, part of the definition of marriage is that a man takes all of his romantic affection, his leadership, he loves and commits himself in covenant to one woman forever. He cannot add her to the equation of a bunch of other stuff. Once he marries this woman, this woman has all of his affection and love and, and all of that, that that's supposed to be directed at her. He counts the rest of that as loss, and in the same way, even if you think you have some kind of special spiritual resume that looks valuable to other people, at the end of the day, if you're banking on that for your hope, you are foolish. Christ alone is all that matters. Christ alone is the only thing that gets us in the family of God. Christ alone is the only thing that we can bank on. Paul says, count that other stuff as loss. Treat it as if it didn't exist, because if the goal is eternity with God, that does nothing for you. So there's plenty of stuff that's in your life that you have that is good, some of it important. But let it play its role. It's good and important. It's not what you're to bank on. It's not what you're to boast in. It's not what you're to depend on. It's not what you're to build your life around. Jesus plays that role, and he should do that alone. And why would he count them as lost? And Paul says, because Jesus is surpassingly greater than all of it. Right? The main theme of all of this is knowing Christ. Knowing Jesus is better than all of that. So when it comes to knowing Christ, it's this relationship with Jesus that comes through faith. Knowing Christ. Not just knowing facts about Jesus. Knowing Christ comes from putting that rock-solid 
hope in him. Paul says it's for his sake I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish because Jesus is surpassingly greater. He's talking about like seeing something that looks great and then seeing Christ and seeing this is actually trash. It was like looking at something, thinking it's amazing, then seeing Christ and looking back and realizing it's not. It's like if my son builds a little Eiffel Tower with Legos. I'm like, that is amazing. If I see the actual Eiffel Tower, I'm like, eh. that, was, that was cute, but this is like historic architecture. But that was nice, son, right? Some things seem grand when you see them by themselves, but when you see them in comparison to Christ, you see them for what they are. So there are a lot of things that we think are treasure that we should build our life on that are actually trash, that are rubbish, as Paul talks about here. There are plenty of things in our lives that we give way more value than they deserve, knowing Jesus is greater than that. You may have a lot of money knowing Jesus is greater than that. You may have a great job knowing Jesus is greater than that. And we can put anything at the front of that sentence and the end of the sentence still works. Knowing Jesus is greater than that. And Paul is saying, look, that's why I count those things as lost, because knowing Christ is better. You know, if you think about some of the things that we value so much, uh, we'll see them a lot more clearly if we, if we look at them in light of eternity. One of the things about death, even though it's really hard, is it sobers us. There's a lot of things that seem stupid and petty when you think about somebody on the door of eternity. It would do our souls well to think about that more often. If the people that we have opportunities to lead and worship, if we want them to see Jesus as surpassingly greater than, than things that we would build our life around instead, then we might want to magnify and lift up this Jesus as if he's actually great. One of the ways that we can do this is by choosing and writing actual good songs. Some people have a very small view of God. Some churches have a very small view of God because they've never encountered a bigger one. They've been fed this little small God every single week who's just like your friend who can get you out of some situations and it makes you smile. When the God of the Bible is much bigger and greater than that and grander, right? Uh, it is a service and a ministry to people when you put good songs before them and you show them a Christ who's greater. And not just saying God is greater, show them how and why God is greater. One of the things that happens, now, I do think there's, there's a really good thing that happens with songs that are more repetitive and songs that are really dense. There's a balance we want to find in those. But sometimes, well, for example, one thing is you go to some of our churches, you think that the fall never happened. It's all very happy songs. It's like the Lego song in our church. It's everything is awesome. <laughs> everything is awesome. And you just sing that over and over again. Right? If there's a song and literally the only words are God is good, then that could be a good, true song. But if that's the only kind of songs that we sing, then people who don't know a lot about God's goodness, they're forced to import all the content into the words by themselves as they sit there. And so if somebody has not read a lot of scripture, if they haven't reflected on God much, if they're a brand new Christian, you're asking them to do things that they cannot do. Whereas if someone's a very mature Christian, they can maybe import lots of content into that. What we want to do also is we want to give people songs with such good content that at the beginning of the song, they may not be convinced of God's goodness, but the song takes them on such a journey and puts God's goodness so much before them. They would think of how God created all things and how God saves sinners, how God is sending his son Jesus 
Jesus to come back out. He's going to reign over all things. And when we put that truth in front of people and sing it together, people may have come in that room not thinking that Christ was greater than some things, and they can leave with a different perspective. Let's show people a big Jesus. And what we're doing when we magnify Jesus, we're not trying to blow up a little small Jesus to trick people. We want people to see Jesus is actually bigger than the stuff that you think is big. And as we go through our weeks, there are relationships that seem bigger than Jesus. And there are problems that seem bigger than Jesus. And there are good things that seem bigger than Jesus. And what we get to do is we get to call people to something and show them Jesus is much bigger than you thought he was. Right? Those things are much smaller. As we lead people, whether that's in preaching or singing or praying or whatever we do, we want to show people whatever's at the beginning of the sentence, you have this, Jesus is surpassingly greater than that. Well, that's a hard place to stop, but if you'd like to hear the rest of this message from Trip Lee entitled Christ Alone, Go to our website, biblicalworship.com, and click podcast. Click around and find the show notes for season one, episode 10. And we are happy to share with you the entire thing for free. That is what we have for you this time on the Doxology and Theology podcast. Our show is produced by Evan Jarms, engineered by Mark Norris and Caleb Sherwood, and the music is by our good friends at Murphy DX. Until next time. This is Dr. Matthew Westerholm reminding you that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. Peace be with you.